family-owned shop in Loganville, Sosby's Garage, for all your automotive repair needs. We service all makes and models, Ford and domestic. We repair engines, alternators, brakes, alignments, AC systems, and more, using certified technicians with over 90 years of combined experience. We also offer same-day service for some repairs. Sosby's Garage, 200 Bay Creek Road in Loganville. Dependable, honest, and fair. Look us up on Google or Facebook. We'll take good care of you. Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett studio inside the Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel, it's time for Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. We are the cornerstone of security in the Southeast. Hey, welcome everybody to Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. I'm your host, Rick Strawn, the president of Paradigm Security. We are excited to be with you today again on Business Radio X. We're broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett studio, located in the beautiful Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel here in Duluth, Georgia. In addition to Paradigm Security Services, this show is also brought to you, as you heard a clip by Sosby's Garage. You want somebody that can do an honest work and be honest with you, which is really important when you're looking at a lot of money on car repairs and so forth. Contact John Sosby. He is absolutely the most honest person I've ever seen. If it doesn't need to be fixed, he won't fix it. If it does, he'll let you know and get it done for you. On every show, we feature businesses, organizations, and people in the Atlanta area, especially those that serve Gwinnett County. While all businesses have security concerns, not all are about physical security. And we will touch on that and other related aspects of security as we go through the course of our shows. As everybody knows, we're in that that season that seems to be 365 uh, every year anymore. It's called election season. As always, you always hear this, it's the most important election that of our lifetime. And this one probably is uh, up to date. Uh, what I try to do is give people a platform where they can get their messages out. And I am very honored today to have Mr. John Chan. He is a Republican candidate for the Georgia House of Representatives, District 97, which is Norcross, Duluth, Peachtree Corners, and Berkeley Lake. John, thank you very much for being here. Thanks. It's great to be here. Well, who is John Chan? Well, let's see here. My parents basically fled China when the communists took over in 1949, and you know they fled to Hong Kong and then here, and I grew up uh, pretty poor, um, and didn't really understand English all that well because it was my second language. So uh, growing up, I had to go to summer school for speech because people didn't understand me, you know. Well, you do it well. Oh, thanks. And so I grew up um, just working hard. And, and uh, over time, I put myself through school, you know, scholarships, work, and, and whatnot. And um, went into construction. Uh, and today, my brother and I have a construction company that does historic restoration work. And we've got about 120 guys, and we work all over the country restoring um, all parts of history. You know, uh, We've worked on seven presidents' homes, uh, multiple embassies. Um, we're working on the Maryland State Capitol right now. So we get some really great projects. That sounds like an awfully interesting career. Yeah. Um, if you ever need security, holler. Paradigm Securities is here to help you. Uh, 
I guess the first question would be, why are you running for public office? You've got such a great business and everything going on. Why would you do that? You know, a lot of people have asked me that. You know, in a million years, I never thought I would ever run for public office. But I see what's happening around us today. You have men and women sports. You've got all the crime from Atlanta that's creeping up here to Gwinnett. You've got inflation that's just spiraling out of control. And you've got politicians really doing nothing. They're just being politicians. So I feel like there's certain things about me that make me really good as a candidate. Well, that brings up a good question. What makes you qualified to be in the Georgia State Assembly and to take on this task? Well, as I said, you know, we grew a company from virtually nothing to 120 employees. And in doing so, what you really have to be able to do is take people from all different walks of life and get them to work together towards a common goal and get that goal accomplished. And in doing it for so many years, you really understand people and how to work with people and how to work with all different kinds of people. And another thing of it is, is when you start from scratch and grow a company to that size, you understand fiscal responsibility. You understand where to spend money, where not to spend money. I feel like the politicians of today, on the most part, they just spend money because it's not theirs and they don't really care. For things that they want, not necessarily what their constituents want. Exactly. Yeah, that, that seems to be a big problem with the uh, expenditures. I know we've got uh, our state here right now. What do you think about the way Kemp has handled uh, giving the money back to the people versus, as his opponent wants to do, is spend more money? I think Kemp has actually done a great job on the economic front. You know, George has been number one for was eight or nine years as far as the, the top state for economic growth and where people want to come. You know, you've got all kinds of companies from California, Illinois, New York that are moving to Georgia. Uh, and it's not a secret why. It's because Georgia is great for business. Mm -hmm. And it's getting worse and worse and worse in, in those states. Well, you know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, we spend so much money in the government doing things that the government is really not designed to do and not tasked to do in our constitution that it's time that some of that expense that it, when it comes that it comes back to the people. And if you don't spend it, the idea is don't double up on something and just find something. Send that money back to the people where it came from if you don't need it. And I think that's one of the best things that he's done for this state in a long time. Well, you know, crime is a big issue. Uh, we've got, uh, I've come from a background of law enforcement. Uh, what I see is nothing like what I went through for the 25 years that I did policing in Atlanta. And the respect is not there anymore for law enforcement. It seems like uh, a lot of your administrations, a lot of your uh, media and everything else want to vilify the police officer. That's just the first thing they go to which seems to have resulted in just an escalation. So what are your thoughts about the crime here, and what would you do about it? Well, I think the crime here has gotten worse and worse and worse as I've lived here. You know, there was a murder right at the QT gas station mm -hmm. right, right up the street, 
and I've gotten gas there. That happened in broad daylight. Um, there's all kinds of break-ins in all these apartment complexes right along Peachtree Industrial. And you know they've got these people on camera, but there's not enough police. And we basically need to fully fund our police, number one. Amen. Yes. And we need to treat them with respect. So they need to be trained and treat it with respect. And we have to have community programs out there where the police is very visible and they're actually helping the people and that everybody feels safe and secure when they go out, you know, if they're going to a restaurant, going to shopping, even in their own homes. A lot of these people in their these apartment complexes, they don't feel secure because people are breaking into their cars at three, four o'clock in the morning and there's nothing to do. You know, mm-hmm. they're sleeping. So I think that we really need to make that police present presence felt and um, that people can really feel secure again here in Gwinnett County. Well, I'm a big proponent of community policing. Mm-hmm. However, I do believe that police officers have got to be able to police uh, people tying their hands and trying to restrict them. You've got police officers right now that are so worried, because I talk to them every day, that are so worried about doing anything. Everybody's got a camera, and you only see bits and pieces. Of Once they do it, then the media and a lot of the politicians will just go crazy and immediately, like I say, vilify the police officer before they even know the situation. So, you know, getting out and having your police officers actually get into the community. Uh, you know, when they're riding around, stop. You see clips on social media every once in a while of, You'll see police officers out there stopping and playing basketball with people or doing stuff like that. People don't realize that that happens far more than what they know. There's a lot of police officers that are big. We consider ourselves as part of the communities we work. And getting that involvement is really important. And having the support from politicians especially, but media is just as, probably just as much, it is awfully important. How do you see being able to talk to and interact with the local governments and maybe helping them understand and how to use community policing and getting the officers more involved? We have such a diverse community in this county. We have a lot of Chinese. We have a lot of Koreans. We have, well, we have a lot of Asians. We have a lot of blacks. We have a lot of Hispanic. And we have a lot of white. And this is how the, the nation is going to eventually look, is like Gwinnett County. So it's very important to have people like yourself out there as part of this legislative community, being able to talk to people and help them understand how this diversity works. How would you do that? Well, again, I, I think that the police have to be very visible. Like they were at a lot of the festivals that I went to where I was passing out my cards. And I think that that goes a long ways because you know, certain immigrants may not feel comfortable with police because of how it was maybe in their, their home country. country yeah. yeah. So I think that if they get out and they're, as you said, playing basketball with them, they go to some of these ethnic festivals, you know, whether it's the Taiwanese or the Hispanic festival or, or whichever one, and, and have, a, have a good presence where they're actually saying hi to people and uh, you know, maybe helping them with their boxes or, you know, whatever while they're setting up their um, 
booth or being part of the community yeah being part of the community and also i think there should be like community activities so you know maybe like evening basketball for the youth or or chess tournaments or you know whatever it is um maybe bring in speakers that speak about uh business or communications and and you know you have police there interacting with people that that way it's a community and everybody feels comfortable and safe and secure well when you get there i hope that you promote that uh, bringing in police officers and members of the police community as speakers at these events does a lot especially if it's youth helping them to understand that there is camaraderie there that we're not that police officers aren't there just to bang their heads and throw them in jail we're there to help them out because the minority communities right now suffer more from the high crime rate than any community that's involved and so them wanting the help and appreciating the help and trusting more than anything the help that's important and i think politicians such as yourself go a long way to helping those people helping that understanding and helping that trust develop yeah there has to be a group effort there and it really pained me to see how the the politicians in atlanta kind of separated themselves from the police and that was really disturbing to me you know i would think as a mayor that you would 100 percent back up your police force and really make sure that you've got a safe and secure community and i think the opposite happened there yeah, we're lucky in Gwinnett County. We have a lot of support. We have an excellent police department. But there are a lot of communities around that don't. And as a member of the, of the holding a state office, I think you would have a lot of effect on some of these other community leaders in trying to get them to reach out a little bit more. So I think that's really important. You know, I guess the one of the things I'd like to ask you, it's kind of a touchy subject, but I would like to ask you anyway. I know your opponent. Uh, she's employed by Care of Georgia. Uh, I'll let you explain what Care is. I'm very familiar with it, but I'll let you do it. How do you feel about that? Um, to be honest, I'm really disturbed by that. You know, Care is the Council for American Islamic Relations, which sounds great. You know, I. I'm 100% for integrating of all people, you know. The United States is a melting pot of all these different cultures, religions, all different kinds of backgrounds. But CARE has been designated as a terrorist organization by the UAE. You know, the United Arab Emirates, a country in the Middle East, declared them a terrorist organization. And when I looked them up on Wikipedia, it says that they're sponsored or helped by Hamas and the Hezbollah. And these are terrorist groups. So it's very disturbing to me. I mean, I don't really know what to make of it, but I don't think that somebody like that should be in office. I think it does help to create a division because their their whole goal is in a, in a different direction than what the American goal is. So I think that... Uh, I was just curious of how you felt about that as being Asian and being from a from an area that is communist and that is really involved with a lot of this stuff uh, and supporting it as well as, you know, I'm just kind of curious of how you felt about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually dead set against it. You know, I don't really mind a 
Democratic opponent at all. But I think that this is very, very unusual. Uh, it's the opposite of what I stand for. I'm a, an American first candidate, meaning that I think that we should have a, a secure border. And I think that we should re really limit um, access from people that we don't know, meaning that you can have terrorists, you can have drug dealers, you can have sex traffickers walk right across our border unknowingly. And if we have a secure border, we can limit who comes in and, and really see who's coming in. And, you know, here's kind of a touchy subject, too, you know, about the illegal immigrants that are here. Mm -hmm. I look at it very differently. I look at it as all the criminals should be immediately deported. All the people that are living off the system should be immediately deported. I think all the people that are actually working and trying to get ahead should actually have a pathway to citizenship. Because what is the United States? It's a melting pot of what? Germans, French, Chinese, people from all over the world has made this country how great it is today. And everybody that's working towards that should have a pathway to citizenship or at least permanent residency. But all the people that live off the system, all the people that commit crimes should be deported that that aren't you know citizens here so that's how i feel about that and i feel like my candidate uh, my uh, opposition is she thinks completely different you know she thinks we should have open borders well anybody can come in and that's really troubling to me well it's troubling to a lot of us um how would you help the citizens of Gwinnett with inflation because we'll move on to inflation because that's that's as big a topic as anything right now because it hits every single citizen especially lower middle income uh, the hardest and it seems to be just non-stop running rampant and getting getting worse yeah well that's the funny thing a lot of politicians don't think with the money fiscally responsibly they just, it, it would be like a person who made, say, $50,000 a year, and they spend seventy-five year after year after year. And then they go, well, um, I need to make more money, so they tax us more. So now, let's say the person's making 75000 but they spend one hundred and fifty. That's kind of what's happening in a lot of governments. Luckily, Governor Kemp's done a great job with that. But he, here in Gwinnett, you know, they actually did a study about Gwinnett Mall, and they spent $300,000 on it of taxpayer money. Mm -hmm. And um, they didn't get any agreement from the owners. You've got multiple owners of that plot of land. And if you don't go in and get some agreement with those people first about your, some of your ideas, any kind of study is fruitless. It's like burning the money or flushing it down the toilet. And you can't do that. And that's why I was saying a business owner that's grown a business knows where to spend money and where not to. And I look at my opponent, and she basically just wants to throw money at everything. And I think that's terrible. Well, I know throwing money is not the solution. We've thrown money at drugs. We've thrown money at crime. We've thrown money at poverty. Uh, helping people stay in poverty is not the answer. 
the you know to me it's all about giving them a hand up rather than a hand out and we are capable of doing that here in this county uh, i think the county overall does a good job of that in managing their money but uh, the mall area is a biggie because um, i'm hoping that this new plan that they've got out here that i saw plans of uh, comes to fruition because you know the gonette place area is really the heart of Gwinnett County uh, if you think about it it you know it needs to be a vital throbbing business area as well as a community that people live in work and play as the old saying goes so we need to really take a look at that and I think the you know I'm always hesitant when governments get involved and buy property and then decide to do stuff it just never seems to work out quite the way you planned it I'm hoping this is that this is going to be a big difference and a big change and something that moves forward. Um, budgets, budgets are big. Uh, I we have to do a budget in our business. I know you have to in your business. You have to maintain and stay on your budget. The only way you survive and you stay profitable and uh, sustainable is to have a budget. But it seems awfully difficult for the U.S. government to manage to be fiscally responsible. How about the state government? How are we doing there? Well, the state government is actually doing great. Like I said, I think Governor Kemp and his leadership on an economic level has done fantastic. You know, we're sitting on a big surplus. Um, now, one of the things that I think we, sh we should probably do with that surplus is help more of our citizens and help business grow even more. But other than that, I think that Governor Kemp's done a great job. That's why all these businesses are flocking to Georgia. Well, I know we have a lot of uh, uh, tax incentives mm -hmm. thanks to the Georgia. And I know Gwinnett County works very hard to put these tax incentives in place through the CIDs and through other, other organizations to try and draw that business. And it seems like that uh, we're getting more and more businesses one of the things that I think the community would like to see, and I'm pretty sure that uh, the Asian community would like to see, is a little bit more working together. It seems like they get into cliques to where they only are comfortable within their particular, in the Asian environment, the Koreans or the Vietnamese or just the Hispanics. It seems like everybody is, is comfortable with, with that, and there needs to be how do we work at pulling them together and making uh, the Asian community more outreach to where they're, they, they help others feel more comfortable doing business with them and they feel more comfortable with others coming into their community and doing the business? Well, I think what's key there is that most people are comfortable with other people that are like-minded, whether they be like-minded um, on a political front or ethnically or religiously mm -hmm. or whatever. So they feel comfortable that way. And I think the main thing of it is for people to feel safe to go outside of that box. You know, um, we just had a meet and greet um, last night and I kind of purposely had it at a Hispanic restaurant because I'm Chinese. Um, I'm thinking, you know, we, we want to integrate and have everybody feel comfortable dealing with people of different colors or ethnicities or whatever 
because that's how you grow. And I look at it very different. You know, a lot of people try and separate and segregate and, you know, say that person's different and stay away. But I really embrace all these different cultures. You know, we did a lot of work down in Louisiana, and I remember being down in the swamps talking to some people. Those are a different culture. <laughs> yeah, you know, you have these people that, uh, you know, they're very hard to understand. They're wading like waist deep in alligator infested water, and you're thinking, oh my gosh, but so interesting to me, you know? And uh, I remember we've done some projects uh, internationally. So we did a project in Peru. And I remember I was just so fascinated meeting some of these people in Peru, especially in the countryside. Mm -hmm. I was thinking, wow, this is, this is just super fascinating. And I, I think it was interesting talking to them all and seeing how my eyes were kind of lighting up and communicating with them and all that. They were like, wow, this guy, you know, he's really interested, you know. And, you know, they have uh, the coffee being grown there. They've got chocolate being grown. And I'm asking all, all these questions, you know. So I really embrace a lot of different cultures. And I think as a leader that that's really what you need to do. You need to have everybody be included. Totally agree. We seem to be having such a push right now uh, to segregation. I mean, just bottom line, it seems like everybody wants – certain groups want to segregate back again and say, well, this is only for us. Y'all can't be here. I mean, people fought for years to get rid of that, and the United States – has done so well in getting rid of that, making everybody feel welcome. And I'm really concerned that um, we're headed back the wrong direction. And I hope that politicians such as yourself that are diverse and have a different nationality can come in and help us to get back to that feeling that everybody is welcome. And I, I get the impression from talking to you that that's basically the way you want to approach this. Absolutely. And that's how I've been able to grow a business. And when you include everybody and really love their differences, you know, you really get to see, oh, wow, this is how they, and a lot of times you learn a lot, you know, because when people have different ideas, it's very enlightening. It's like, oh, okay. Or, you know, you go, oh, that's what they think. Well, let me help them out by letting them see a different, a, way. A different way. Yeah. And so I just think that it's great and that if you just really embrace everybody and love them and, and bring them in and, and get those goals accomplished, it's great. And I think that the other side is always kind of looking at the division and saying, well, these people are disadvantaged and they need a handout. Well, to be honest, there was nobody more disadvantaged than me. I grew up really poor. <laughs> I didn't speak English very well. I had to go summer school to fix my speech, you know, and today my brother and I, like I said, we, we own a company that has 120 employees. We've won every award you can think of. We've even done work abroad. We, we worked on the Red House, which is the House of Parliament in Trinidad. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, great projects. And, and you do that not by sticking your hand out and go, I'm, I'm disadvantaged, I need blah. You do it by, okay, well, let's all work together. Let's include everybody. Let's love everybody. And let's get the job done. You know, we're good at what we do. I'm not asking because of my ethnicity. Exactly. Well, I think that's great. Well, one of the things that we kind of got off track on was as far as inflation, 
how do you see what what do you see working with to help us kind of turn some of this around georgia has got a long way to go and of course the it's affected a lot by the united states but being a part of the government do you see any any possible way that you can help uh the citizens when it comes to inflation absolutely there's a number of ways number one is not to waste the money on those studies where you're just throwing hundreds of thousands of dollars away. I mean, I think that that's really key that the government does not waste the, the funds. Number two is that you've got to think about the funds uh, responsibly as if it were your own money. So you've got to invite businesses in with tax incentives or, or whatever, and you've got to keep the government limited and out of everybody's pockets. The government's a little bit too big. You know, obviously with the United States government, it affects every state. I mean, it doesn't matter what state you live in. But if we are responsible in Georgia fiscally, it can really change a lot of um, lives and it can really help inflation right here. Well, fiscal integrity uh, is something that comes and goes it seems like with government mostly right now it's gone mm-hmm. uh so that i can definitely understand that well you know speaking of that do you think there's too much government absolutely there's way too much government businesses and people ought to be able to have freedom and do what they need to do to get ahead and when government puts too many restrictions in there it's very hard for them to function you know, government should only really be there to help the people. So if there's if there's an issue where uh, something's not moving quite right, then the government should step in. But all in all, there's way too much government, way too much regulation. We need to step back and, and let the people work. You know, if you look at government organizations, most of them, perform very poorly you know look at the post office exactly you know it's like one organization after another after another they perform very poorly because there's not an incentive you know like a business they have to have profits they have to have happy customers they have to have a product but in government it's just people's tax dollars and it's a bunch of bureaucrats trying to put in more and more government so yeah, I think that there should be much less government. I think it's all about power. Mm-hmm. Uh, the more government you have, the more power that a certain number of people get. And as long as they control everything, then they're happy. But the problem is the people aren't happy. So, then, you know, therein lies that's, that issue. Well, one of the big things going on right now is, is women or men in, in women's sports. What are your thoughts on men and women's sports and the push for gender reassignment, especially with our youngsters, uh, and, and a lot of it without parental control and consent? I think it's absolutely disgusting. You can't have men and women's sports. And yes, I can define a woman. You know, I, I, I find that Glad offensive. That. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I find that very offensive. And the whole transgender thing of kids being indoctrinated in schools and kids having uh, reassignment surgery that's insane because you know when you're a kid 
one day you want to be a fireman, the next day you want to be a doctor, the next day you want to be a teacher, the next day you want to be an astronaut. Well, And the next day you want to be a girl or a boy that you never thought about before. Right, exactly. So it's taking the imagination of a child and destroying their life in one fell swoop. And they can't go back. You know, once that's happened, they can't go back. And it destroys their life. And you've got a kid that, you know, can't vote. He can't drink. He can't do all these different things. But you're going to give him a different sex? That's insanity. Well, you know, there was a time when that was called uh, child abuse. And, you know, you'd be put in jail for it, uh, convincing somebody to, that they weren't what they are and doing that. But that tags into one more important issue, and that's education. Mm-hmm. Right now, we have so much going on in our school systems that have changed in Gwinnett County. We used to be absolutely the top level of education, and we have really fallen to the bottom. Where do you see that going, and do you see anything that the state level can help to do and guide this back into getting uh, back to where we were? Absolutely. The state needs to put in school choice so that the money always follows the child. So if he's homeschooled, if he goes to private school, if he goes to school across the way, that money follows that child. And what they'll do is they'll put pressure onto the schools. So if a school is underperforming, well, they're going to start losing children, meaning they're going to start losing money. People walk. Yeah. And then the good schools will get the money, and they will bring in more and more teachers and kids and whatnot. And so the schools that are floundering, they have two options. They're going to say, hey, we've got to figure out what we're doing wrong and fix it or we've got to close. And that's the way it needs to be because you can't have underperforming schools teaching children nothing. And that's what happens. They get taught nothing. And when they graduate high school or they don't graduate high school, they're in a really tough position. Whereas if you had school choice, you could say, well, I want to take my child to this school and I want that tax money to follow my child, and I want him to get a, a great education. And I think that's what's needed. I, I think school choice is huge here. Well, they need to get – I think if, if, if the schools will get back to teaching instead of indoctrinating, but teaching the, the, what they go there to learn originally, reading, writing, arithmetic, all the things that help you through that, they'll go get back to teaching the basics – instead of CRT and, and all this other stuff, I think that they would improve, and, and as they do improve, the people won't want to move. They'll want to keep their kids there. So like you say, the, the whole idea of a school, a school staying open is to do better and do better with our kids. Uh, and I think you're absolutely right on with school choice. Uh, that, that is so important that uh, – it gets it wakes up the eyes of the people in the schools that are losing exactly and so when schools are doing well i think all of those teachers should be bonused you know absolutely so that way there's an incentive for performance there's right now there's no incentive it's just kind of like 
I said, the, the government, you know, they just throw money at things, you know. Um, you can't just pay everybody more and not put any rules in for that payment. So if you want to pay people more, that's great. But, but you earn it. Yeah, you earned it, exactly. It's done by performance as kids do well on tests and they do well on graduation and things like that, the teacher should be bonused. But the poor performing schools, they should be basically eliminated. Well, you know, there'll be, I think there would be fewer eliminations if they understood that if they don't perform and they don't teach these kids and they don't increase their education levels. And I think that you would find more of these schools that are doing poorly doing better. Exactly. I could go on all day talking to you, John, and gosh, I appreciate this. Um, is there anything else that you would like to touch base on and just let the public know? Well, I really could use your support on November 8th, but I could also use your support right now. You know, um, at www.johnchan4, the number four, ga.com, you can sign up to uh, volunteer, you can donate to the campaign. Um, I really need your help to make a great Georgia. Well, I tell you, I, I, I like what you say. Uh, it's like I tell people, uh, it's very, very, very important to vote, but it's just as important to vote informed. And that's one of the reasons I have people like yourself on here is because I want people to hear where you stand and what your thoughts are and your positions are so that they can make an informed decision. You know, I, I just It's so important that people don't vote because vote a way that just because their grandma did or their daddy did or their mama did or my brother and sisters are doing this, reach out, understand the candidates, understand where they stand, understand their position, see what they have done in their lives, and then make your decision based on what you see. You know Whether you go Republican, whether you go Democrat, vote informed so you know where these people stand so thank you very much for being here and you know i want to thank all of you people for joining us on case in point presented by paradigm security services and in part by sosby's garage be sure to join us for the live broadcast every wednesday at 11:30 a.m here on business radio x if you miss the live broadcast no worries you can come and enjoy the show anytime you want by visiting businessradiox.com selecting the Gwinnett Studio, and then clicking on, of course, Case in Point. This program is also available on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, really any of the podcast distribution channels that you are your favorites or that you may be familiar with. Please be sure to subscribe and hit that button to Case in Point so you don't miss any of our future episodes. And I've got several politicians coming on here in the next few weeks. And for my guest, John Chan... And our producer, Mike, I'm Rick Strawn, and remember, at Paradigm Security Services, we cover more than just your assets. 